In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 11, starting from verse uh, 21. Uh, the background in our Lord Jesus Christ actually cast out a demon. So some people start to accuse him and said he has the ruler of the demons and by the ruler of the demons he is casting out demons. Uh, other group of the people told him show us a sign uh, that we believe you. So the Lord as he said, others testing him sought for him a sign from heaven to believe that he is not casting out demon by the ruler of the, the demons. So the Lord used logic with them. He told them, if the ruler of the demon is casting out demons from the people, then his kingdom will be destroyed. He is working against himself. And then he thought about their children who are exorcists. Then how your children cast out demons? Are also the casting out demons by the ruler of the demons? And he told them, therefore, they will be your judges. If you ask your children, the exorcist who cast out demon, by which power you cast out demon? Definitely, they will tell you, not by the power of, of Satan. They will be your judges. And here, God actually made a reference that they will be judged in the last day for their lack of belief. And he told them, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If you believe that I cast out demon by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God that I preach, repent the kingdom of God's hand, is come close to you. And now you became members in this kingdom. Our Bible study will start today from verse 21. So just I give you background, but we'll start from verse 21. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. So, in verse 21 and 22, our Lord Jesus Christ speaks of a strong man versus a stronger, a more powerful man. So, who is the strong man and who is the stronger man? Some people say, you know, this is an echo of what St. John the Baptist said 
will a stronger than me, he will actually baptize you with the, or mightier than me, uh, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit on fire. And also this reminds us how the Lord Jesus Christ defeated uh, Satan in the temptation on the mountain. So the strong man for sure is the devil. His palace is the world. He is the ruler of the world, the prince of the world. As he said here, when a strong man fully armed guards his palace, the world, his goods, his children are in peace. The stronger man is our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and the goods of the strong man of the devil are the souls of his children or in particular the Lord was speaking about this man that was possessed with demons and the Lord Jesus Christ cast out the, the demons from this man. When the Lord said he is in peace not the man of course but Satan he is in peace meaning uh, he was able to accomplish his task to possess and to torture the human being. Jesus made it clear that he was the stronger man who was not captive under the strong man. And he said, the prince of this world comes to me and he will not find anything in me. So the message here is, Jesus is saying, I am not under Satan's power. Instead, I am proving that I am stronger than Satan by casting him out of those who, ha who has put, uh, possessed. They claimed that Jesus cast out demon by the ruler of the demon. So if Jesus has the ruler of the demons, then Jesus is under the power of Satan. But when he explained that I am the stronger, means he is not under the power of Satan. So he defeated again for the third or fourth time their accusation that he has the ruler of the demons and by the ruler of the demons he is casting out demons. The strong man, Satan, is fully armed. But when the stronger comes, will take from him all his armor. Jesus did not only defeat Satan on our behalf, but he disarmed him. He took all his weapons. And the expression disarmed, you will find it in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. And then divides his spoil. The spoil is the souls of these people. So he will deliver them from the captivity of Satan. Those who are alive, like us, the believers, who are not under the authority of Satan, and those who were in Hades 
He delivered them from Hades and transferred them into the paradise of joy. So this shows that the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ over Satan is complete. So there are only two sides in the battle of God against Satan. Those who are for Jesus and belong to God, and those who are against Jesus who advance the cause of Satan and bring violence to scatter the people. So these are the two sides. That's why the Lord said, He who is not with me is against me. You cannot say, I am not with Jesus, but I'm not against him. Some atheist or agnostic, they try to say this nowadays. But it's very clear here. If you are not with me, then you are against me. There is no third option in between. And he who does not gather with me, if you are not gathering people to the kingdom of God, then you are scattering them. There is no third, there is no something in between, either with Jesus or against Jesus. That's what the Lord said. Uh, then, in verse 24, the Lord said, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, to the man that he used to possess before, he finds the house swept and put in order, clean. Then he, the demon, goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. This is the picture of a person delivered from a demon, but not yet filled with Jesus Christ or with the Holy Spirit. So the demon departed, but the Holy Spirit did not fill him. It is also a picture of a person who tries to be neutral. Neutral means I am not with Jesus, but I am not against him. As I told you, nothing called this. Either you are for Jesus, or if you are not for him, then you are against him, automatically. So the Lord is explaining why he said, if you are not with me, you are against me. They say they are not for Satan, but also they are not for Jesus. No, if you are not for Satan, for Jesus, if the person is not for Jesus, then he is for Satan. So, the Lord Jesus is explaining why it is impossible to be neutral, not with Satan and not with Jesus. So once being driven out, the demon can return 
if the delivered person does not repent and get his life right with God and be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we empty our heart from evil without filling it with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord Jesus Christ and his good, what will happen? Evil will rush in again and fill it and sometimes worse evil than before. So, in answering those who accused him of working by the power of Satan, Jesus told them that he had not merely come to fight against evil, but also he came to bring the goodness of God into our hearts and fill our hearts. Because the only protection when we are filled with the Holy Spirit the house was empty and there was no indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. So the old state of possession will return. Satan will come with seven words spirit. And the number, number seven symbolizes the full force of evil. So the wording here highlights the unfortunate failure of the human condition. Even often repentance and the expressed desire to reform does not last long. It is not enough to repent evil and to be made clean again. In confession, we are cleansed from our sins. But if we don't fill our heart with the Holy Spirit, then evil will come back. Repentance must be an ongoing process in which we must be continually freed from our sins and renewed in turning back to God and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So what happened after this in verse 27? Uh, and it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you but he said more than that blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it some Christians take these verses against St. Mary, as if the Lord refused actually to uh, praise St. Mary. So a woman in the crowd who is impressed with the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and his healing and his answer starts to bless his mother. But the response of our Lord Jesus Christ must not be taken as a criticism of his mother. Rather, the Lord Jesus Christ is echoing what Elizabeth said about Mary. When actually Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed is she who believed what was told to her from the Lord. And also 
the Lord is echoing what St. Mary said about herself in her uh, magnificent. Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Uh, and she is blessing St. Mary uh, because she heard and believed the angel announcement of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So she heard and believed. That's what the Lord said. More than that, blessed are those who hear and believe. So the Lord was trying to say here, why God chose Mary to be mother of God? Because she heard and believed. So it is not because Mary became the mother of God that she became holy. It is the opposite. It's because she was holy and she heard and believed. That's why God chose her to be his mother. Right? Also in the Virgin Mary's hymn, she makes it clear that she is blessed because she has believed and submitted herself to the will of God. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. For behold, henceforth all generation will call me blessed. So, the beatitude that the Lord uttered here does not reject the woman's blessing of his mother, but sets the priority of blessedness in obedience to God, as if he is saying, God the Father chose Mary to be my mother because she heard and believed. And this actually blessing is granted to any person who hears and believes like St. Mary. And also we can consider this is the first direct fulfillment of St. Mary's hymn when she said, all generations shall call me blessed through this woman, blessed his mother. St. John Chrysostom said, how many women have blessed the Holy Virgin and desired to be such a mother as she was. What hinders them? Christ has made for us a wide way to this happiness. And not only women, but men may trade it. The way of obedience. This, that, that it is which makes such a mother and not the throes of parturition. So he's saying this blessedness to Saint Mary is available to all of us, all of us, if we hear and obey the word of God. Verse 29, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, this is an evil generation, it seeks a sign. As I told you in verse 16, when the Lord cast out demon, some people said he is casting out demon by the ruler of the demons. 
and others, verse 16, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. So the Lord is replying to those who are asking for a sign from heaven. So he told them, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. So Jesus saying here, I am the sign. I am the sign. So the words here spoken clearly, uh, spoken are clearly an answer to the demand for a divine sign as a proof of his authority from God. So the Lord said to this thick crowd, rebuking their inclination to seek and value signs. Jesus just mentioned the blessedness of being one who heard and did the word of God. So he's making contrast between people who are obeying and people who are seeking a sign. And in reality, our Lord Jesus Christ had given many remarkable signs, but the one sign from heaven. So this was not the kind they wanted to see. So the Lord told them, you need a sign, I will give you the sign. It is me. I am the sign. As Jonah became a sign to his generation, Jesus would be a similar sign to his generation. What does this mean? Jonah gave his life to appease the wrath of God coming upon the others who were with him in the boat by telling them, throw me into the uh, sea. But this did not hold him because God prepared a whale to swallow him. And after three days and three nights, he was alive and free. Jesus is that sign, both to his generation and to ours and to the end of the ages. So he's saying, I am the sign, and you are to believe in me, not to believe in a sign I will give you from heaven. When the Lord identified himself with the prophet Jonah, the Lord is affirming the message of Jonah to, of the salvation of Gentiles. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. Nineveh was Gentile. So the Lord is saying, as Jonah was sent to the Gentiles, I did not come only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. So the gift of God of salvation is not only for the Jews, but to everybody. So the sign that he will die and be buried and rise from the dead. You are looking for a miracle? This will be the miracle that you are looking for. This is the sign of all signs. So I became the sign. Then the Lord rebuked them for the lack of their belief. He told them, the queen of the south, will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth 
to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. I'm sure he was pointing to himself. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. We read about the story of the queen of the south coming to Solomon in 1 King chapter 10. When she saw the great works that God did for and through Solomon, she praised the God of Israel. She did not say, show me more science and I will believe. No. She sought after the word of God with a determination that shames us. So the people who asked the Lord for a sign saw his work right there. He cast a demon from a man who was possessed with the demon. And many other miracles happened in their neighborhood, but they did not believe. King Solomon's wisdom attracted from far countries the famous queen. And these people who witnessed many miracles in their city and in the neighbor city, they rejected him and did not uh, believe in him. So who is the wiser than Solomon in their midst? That Jesus. So in the day of the last judgment, the queen of Sheba or the queen of the south and the men of Nineveh will stand before the throne of God and accuse the faithless generation that rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Jesus is much greater than the queen, than Solomon, and than Jonah. And you notice here that Jesus repeatedly brought focus back upon himself. He was, and he is, greater than all the previous prophets. He's God. He should become the focus of our faith and the focus of our trust. His greater light brought a greater accountability to his hearers. So he is shining like the light. And this greater light actually brought more accountability or a greater accountability to his hearers. That's why he spoke about the light. He is the light of the world. That's why in verse 33 he said, as if he's saying, greater than Solomon, as if a candle attracted people to the light of the candle during the time of darkness. And when the sun is shining, people cannot see the light of the sun because they are spiritually blind. So no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lamp stand that those who come in may see the light. So the Lord is saying, just as a lamp, should be displayed out in the open so that all can benefit from its light. 
the word of God and the work of God should be displayed. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ did in his ministry. So, this section has application to both. What went before it? The answer of the Lord Jesus Christ to people who accused him that he casting out demon by the ruler of the demon. And also, what will come after when the Lord Jesus Christ rebukes the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the lawyers. Some saw his brightness, some did not, and others thought the light was not bright enough and demanded to see more. So the groups around Jesus were three groups. Some saw the light and believed in him. Some did not see the light at all. They were spiritually blind. Some, they thought the light is not bright enough. We need more signs. Can you show us a sign from heaven? As a bad eye, even as a bad eye will make a person blind, so bad heart will make one spiritually blind. That's why the Lord said, the lamp of the body is the eye. Our physical eye can let us see the light. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. If my eye is bad, I'm blind, I cannot see darkness, so uh, the light, I'll be in darkness. The heart is the eye of the spirit. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So, one must be spiritually blind to say that the miracle of our Lord Jesus Christ done by Satan and to ignore the work of the Lord Jesus Christ right before their eyes. The hypocrites, that's why the Lord told them blind guides. He called the scribe and Pharisees, the hypocrites, uh, blind. Their hypocrisy blinded them. Evil desire make our heart, our eye, less sensitive to the will of God. And the darkness of evil actions can blot out the light of Christ's presence. Those who are like many of the Pharisees and scribes are unable to perceive the work of Christ in the world. They were spiritually blind. They are blinded by the darkness of their own unrepented sins and are closed to the light of Christ in their lives. So their evil heart made their spiritual eye blind so they could not see the light of Christ. 
When the Lord said, Therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. This warning actually calls us to do self-examination. We need to examine our primary beliefs, our intuitions of right and wrong, what we believe is right and what's wrong, lest we are blemished in our hearts. So if the light in me, if my heart is darkness, I cannot be able to see the light of God. The call to do this implies that they must have a light by which to judge their light. How can I examine my heart if there is no light to examine my heart? So there is a bigger light that I can use to examine whether my heart is enlightened or not. There has to be a standard by which to test my standard. The problem with relative truth, there is no standard. Everything is relative. Then if there is no standard, then everything is, can be okay. And this is a major problem. But here, there has to be light and standard that I can examine my heart based on this light and based on this standard. This light and this standard are found in the teaching of the light of the world that enlighten every man that comes to the world in, in his words and in his acts, the words and acts of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if a person lives in darkness, there are two possible reasons. Either my eyes are good, but I'm in dark place, or I am in walking in the light, but my eye is blind. These are the two possible reasons. So there may be no light around me, or the darkness may be within me. I am blind in ability to perceive light. So the Lord is saying, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. He warned against the darkness within, the darkness inside my heart. When the light of God's word shines, when the word and work of Jesus is understood, then one does not walk in the darkness of spiritual blindness. So, when my heart keeps the word of God and obey the word of God, I will be enlightened. Then I will not be walking in darkness. But evil desires make the eye less sensitive to the will of God, like Simpson, like Judas. The darkness of evil actions can blot out the light of Christ's presence. Those who are like many of the Pharisees and scribes are unable to perceive the work of Christ in the world. They are blinded by the darkness of their own unrepented sin and are closed to the light of Christ in their lives. Let's actually stop at verse 36 in our Bible study tonight.
Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.